This episode is brought to you by Voodoo Ranger. It's beer. It's hoppy, trend-setting, innovative, served with a little sarcasm, just like Paperhouse Network. Paperhouse Network is hoppy? Uh, yeah? It's like beer for your ears. Get yourself a Voodoo Ranger! It's where do we begin? We've only just begun. It's good to be back doing this program. I'm glad people are listening. People are reaching out. Thank you so much. I was dark. I, I, we're not going to make this self-serve, but you should know this. I was in an absolute funk full of depression. And do you know what helped get me out of this? It's what I want to discuss this week. I went outside of the box, went outside of the bubble that I am in. I usually stay in New York City. I've gotten to the point where I can make a living hosting and doing spots in New York City and come back to my apartment that is in New York City and be surrounded by my stuff that is in New York City by the people in New York City, and I tend to see about the same people. But sometimes when that happens, you get into a funk. I just talked to a dear friend of mine, and she is unfortunately, I think, upset with the grind, with just the routine, the time of just being with oneself. What you have to do is find little things to get you out of that. And it might be initially something that you aren't crazy about. I will not lie. I had to go do a gig Friday all the way in the Bronx. I mean, just holy. You might as well said, hey, go out to the woods, take 600 steps left, 300 right, spin yourself around, and then wherever you stop, go 800 feet, and there you go. It might as well go get lost in the woods. That's what it felt like. 30-minute walk from the train in the Bronx. I was fighting a cough. My health wasn't great last week. I was on steroids, everybody. I think I told you that, which uh, really fucked with my mood and my mind. And as I'm walking there and I'm fighting a cough that was caused by the steroids, you know, you're like, holy shit, is this what I'm doing? And I get there. It's at a ballroom. Not even a ballroom. It's like a sh- side room. It's, it's 30, 40 people. They all work in some company that I forgot about now. It was booked to an f- old friend of mine, the great Joey Gay, who I adore. Sergio Chacon's on it, Joe Matarese, and we don't all work together. And I sat with Joey. We were the first two there. And I'm nervous to sit at a table that's surrounded by a few of the people. There's like seven tables set up. We're surrounded by people who work there. And I, you know, I'm old school with the Wizard of Oz shit. There's a curtain and you don't want the people to peek in. I don't want to show too much of me. I overthink about that. They need to see me and, and make their opinion of me on stage, which there wasn't. We were performing basically in the round surrounded by these tables on a floor. A lot of these things could have gone bad. And I sat there and talked with Joey, and his energy was spectacular. 
And one of the things that I loved is he was incredibly excited. He could have taken all the money for himself and just got some opener. He could have booked anyone he wanted. He decided to split the money and book the show he wants. He, he got all three of us, and we were his first choices. And I was hosting. And his energy about putting together a show of people he wanted to watch and to hang out with was infectious. It was infectious to me. And then Sergio trickles in and Joe Matter Reese trickles in and we're sitting around bullshitting and we're getting close to game time. And in my head, I'm like, this won't be easy. But I didn't care. I was comfortable. As I've discussed before, the old Larry Sanders analogy, if you walk with a glass of wine in front of the audience before the taping, they will think you're comfortable and then they will be comfortable. Well, I was comfortable. I was sitting there bullshitting with Sergio. I'd eaten a couple hours before. I was kind of full. But uh, with the Italian roots in me, I couldn't resist. There was bread on the table. And I was drinking copious amounts of coffee. And the Italian in me came out. I said, why not? I dipped rolls of bread in coffee and chit-chatting and bullshitting in between fighting off a horrendous cough to Sergio. We were talking about life. We were talking about comedy. And it got me in a good place. And I went up there and I could tell there was the table next to us. There was a guy kind of busting balls already playful. I knew he was going to be playful. And he jumped in 20 seconds in, but I felt comfortable. And I talked to him for half a second before I allowed myself to get out of my bullshit zone of being scared and not talking and not giving anything to the audience before I bullshitted with the man confidently for a second. And I could tell he'd probably do it. I didn't think he would be yelling something 30 seconds in. And so I playfully went at him and put him in his place and won over the audience. But more importantly, last week, as I said, I do not like comics in the audience, but there's no way of hiding it this time. There was a table with the comics and a few other people. And they sat there and it was nice. There was genuine laughter, not just the, Let's laugh to help you. Genuine smiles and laughter from my comrades. And that felt good. Bringing this, this was not an ideal setting. Performing on like a cheap amp and mic. Couldn't even turn it on initially. But there was an energy there. And it felt good that the usual laughs at the back of the room were now at the front today in this weird setup. We were playing to each other. And the audience could see us playing to each other and enjoyed that. Joey later drove me and Sergio to the Upper West Side where he lives. Sergio and I went to stand-up New York, hadn't been there in a minute. We bullshitted with people we hadn't seen in a while, Dante Nero. Why am I saying this? I had a late spot that night. It was good to see people I don't see regularly, to talk to people I don't see regularly, to go to a place I don't play regularly, to play in a situation that I don't play regularly, that isn't ideal, to get myself out of whatever grind I am stuck in, whatever malaise got shook the fuck out of me. It forced me to be a human. It forced me to be present into what was going on. It wasn't just waking up between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. and staring into the computer and drinking coffee and reading or writing 
and listening to music and going to the gym and coming back and taking a nap and then eating something and watching something and then walking downtown to perform and then walking back or having drinks and making bad decisions. It forced me to do something else. We get comfortable and in that comfort can sometimes come dissatisfaction, boredom, all of these things. Find things to get yourself out of this shit. Say yes to things sometimes that you don't necessarily want to do. Road gigs. I had a private gig Sunday deep in the Hamptons. I didn't know how I was going to get there. The trains to the Hamptons barely run. And on Columbus Day weekend, they really barely run. I would have had to get there like at 11 a.m. and sat for six hours. I convinced the people to get me an opener and I had an opener. I don't like to be in a car for two hours and talk all the time. But I went with the wonderful Freddie G. And it was awesome to talk to someone and see their point of view and, and listen. This was a show in a living room to six people. These people had money. In the kitchen was pro a private chef and an assistant making a fucking phenomenal. There's goddamn prawns on the living room table as I'm performing in my socks. Scary. Ended up being a beautiful night, and I felt well since. Knock wood. What am I saying? Sometimes we have to face the abyss and take a chance and do things that you think make you uncomfortable. And sometimes your expectations are so low, it just ends up being amazing irregardless. I think the word is actually regardless. Forgive me, English teachers. Nevertheless, these are the things that get you out of a run. I've been rewatching The Sopranos. It's one of my favorite shows ever. Right on the tail of the wonderful Larry Sanders show. And in season one, Tony is in an absolute deep depression. His best friend is gone, could be killed, might have turned government witness. He's having issues with family. He's having issues being a mob boss. Barely leaves his bed. But he does, and he goes to get a newspaper and a large orange juice at a newsstand. And as that happens, he's about to become assassinated. But he catches it. And he fights through and he survives. And later when he sees his therapist, he discusses it, that everything had changed. In that dark moment of uncertainty, it was a jolt to the system. You never know what a jolt to the system is. So don't be scared to find one. Do things to get yourself out of the routine. I feel great now, but I'm not going to be arrogant. I, when, when I'm done with this, I have to go to the gym. And then I have to do, go record another podcast for someone else. And then I'm off. My gig got canceled tonight, everybody. What am I going to do? Am I going to stay in my apartment? Maybe. I also might go to downtown and see an Alfred Hitchcock movie on the big screen. Take advantages of things that can lead to creativity. Do things that are different. Don't just do what you think is normal. 
We need to keep being stimulated to create new thoughts, to create energy, to make the old thoughts have more poignancy on stage. I discovered, I had a rule, for years I didn't fuck with comedy, I'm gonna be honest. Before the pandemic, I didn't watch too many comedy movies. I didn't listen to much comedy albums or watch specials other than Richard Pryor a couple times a year. During the pandemic, I got back into it. This snobbery, this bullshit of whatever. Oh, I don't like comedies. Like it made me cooler that I didn't like comedies. I'm a goddamn comic. But I really haven't listened to many of my peers, people I can work with. It's usually older or people way big that I don't work with. I've later been listening to people that I am friends with. And it has been an eye-opening experience. A, I'm appreciating watching these people more when I work with them at the cellar or Gotham or New York. But then the other day, I, was, I just go, you know what? I love Gary Goldman. Let me listen to Gary's old album. Has changed everything. Has changed everything. Adrian Appalucci changed everything. Vecchi Yone changed everything. Find your inspiration. Do things that you don't usually do. I believe I've done something like this in the past, but we're going to do it again because I'm making it personal. What's going on here, man? Take, go on the road sometimes to break up shit. I'm going back to PA in two weeks. I could probably make more money staying in New York. I'm being blunt, but it'll be refreshing to go somewhere else to talk to other people to interact with other people, to not be able to just walk down the street to go get something to eat, to have to get effort in a car. And where our last call is at midnight, if you're lucky, where your food options are more narrow, it changes you. It changes your brain, changes how you think, changes how you look at things, and creativity can come out of that. And that is something you should not cheat yourself. If you're doing the same shit over and over, you will just be the same thing. You will not fucking evolve. And this show is about spreading evolution of your soul and your creativity. As pretentious as that sounds, whatever, babies, I is Mr. Pretension in this moment. Good for me. It's a sip of coffee. You never know what's going to be a shock to the system and shake the goddamn cobwebs out. Let them fall out. Don't be scared. I'm scared to talk to you guys every week. Scared of killing what goodwill I have created with you all and built. Scared of being too honest. Like last week's episode, I was throwing shit at the window. But it felt good after to come back and talk to you and be quite a hundred percent transparent. And that's why, as I feel weird about maybe repeating myself or being goddamn self-indulgent and telling you I'm gonna run boo hoo hoo and all this shit. It's worth it to take the chance to let it all out, to be honest to you and see where it leads me. You can't just eat the same things. You can't just consume the same things. You can't just do the same 
things. Shake it the fuck up and try. And let me just say this more important than anything else, more important than just the weird gigs that I did that are still part of comedy. Once again, living the dream, playing to wealthy people in a town surrounded by trees. It looked like something out of Tim Burton's fucking big fish. It felt like if I didn't do well, they'd throw me out into the pool and goddamn rabid zombie coyotes would eat my flesh and shit. And no one would know because the police doesn't exist. It's the fucking woods. Felt like half the people at the gig in the Bronx had guns and PBA cards. So if they shot you, they could just tell the cop, hey, look at this. I'm friends with, with Philip Murphy. You're good, buddy. And how's your cousin? Seamus O'Callaghan. He's great. He's sergeant two towns over. Good job, pal. Kill another comedian if you want. It wasn't just that. I took the moment to talk to my goddamn peers. Don't be scared of your peers. Don't be scared to love your peers. Don't be scared to talk and learn about their lives and being honest about your insecurities and listen to theirs and laugh off stage with them. I used to get so weird about hanging out and talking too much in between gigs and not just listening to music or reading to get my head right for the next gig. And now I'm taking time. Saturday I had a gap in between shows, the cellar, and I went to the main room. I was over at Fat Black, and I ate something, and I sat, and then I had dessert, and I bullshitted, and it was fucking beautiful to do that and be a human and to go outside of this bubble of just being a working comic just – does these things to get on stage it was nice i didn't know what words were going to come out of people's mouths i didn't know i was going to eat a dessert i didn't know who's going to show up but i embraced it and was present with it all and that was amazing because i had some wonderful smiles and some deep talks and some wonderfully nonsensical bullshit talks that don't mean shit with comedians and staff and people in our industry and it was beautiful and I think more than anything, that's what I'll take out this weekend. That hopefully is what got me out of a funk that I could fall right back into the minute I turn this off. Who knows? But I will embrace it and find a way to get out of it. But it was, I think, that that got me correct. I ended up coming back from Long Island, deep in Long Island on Sunday and met up with my friend Chris, Chris Milhouse. He lives a block over. We had a meet, late night meal. And drank a couple beers and watched football. I just had a good present meeting. Don't be scared to live life. Don't be scared to live life with your peers. Don't be scared to live life with non-peers. Don't be scared to live life. And part of life is fear. Is dealing with fear and going out there. And part of life is doing things that you don't necessarily want to do. I didn't want to go to the Bronx, but the money was good. I didn't want to go to the Hamptons, but the money was good. And I did it because the equipment I'm speaking in doesn't pay for itself. This apartment doesn't pay for itself. The coffee doesn't pay for itself. None of this fucking does. I had to do it. But out of necessity and survival, I have found beauty, art, soul, engagement, all of that. 
you never know where it's going to come from. You never know. Don't cheat yourself. And if it doesn't work out, you don't have to do a similar thing again. There it is. That is the rub, my friends. It is easy to get caught in a wave of self-indulgence, self-doubt, and depression. Don't cheat yourself on getting out of it. I'm done. Love you guys. You're good fucking people. I think it's a very short episode. I think it's negative 37 minutes. I was about to get real emotional, guys. Real emotional. Old Sabi McGee Mattern. Old sob face matter. The old softy, as Nico calls me. Yo, don't fuck around. I'm going to put the link up this week. If you're not on, if you're not following the James Mattern, it's my, my last name's Pattern with an M. I have a feeling you know how to spell it because you're listening to this. But if not, the James Mattern, I'll be promoting, I'll be putting out the link to pre-order check spot the check spot drops november 12th you can pre-order it and then i believe at midnight eastern it will come right to you on apple and you can listen to this motherfucker and i want to hear what you think i'm very intrigued 33 minutes of me with an audience that is paying their bills the worst part of the show and we will talk about a check spot in the next coming weeks but the worst part of the show they're drunk they have to pay for shit and I allow them to raise their hands and ask me fucking questions like a stunod. I mean, that is the album, the rawest spot. And I hope you all um, help out and buy the goddamn thing and spread the word and let people. And if you can't afford it, I get it. Then you know what? If you listen on Spotify, please share that. I want people to listen to this. There's video coming out soon. I want people to fuck with this because I'm goddamn proud of this record. And Pinch Records are part of this record of this um network, podcast network, Paper House. And your comedy club, it's all in cahoots as a goddamn umbrella. Scott Emilio and the great producer, Nick Angelo, who is editing this as we speak. They've done a great job. And Claire and Amy and Candy and everyone. And the night before November 11th, if you're in the New York area, there will be a album release party. There will be a show at 1015 in New York Comedy Club, 4th Street, the East Village location, 4th Street, 1015, November 11th, Veterans Day, Veterans Day. The... Come celebrate the comedy wars of the check spot. I will be hosting. I will be doing a check spot at some point to give you a little taste. I have the great John Lasser. I have the great Corinne Fisher. I have the great Nathan McIntosh. I have Greg Stone and Greg Her- and uh, Dan Harambi with their wonderful musical alias. Night Cream. Go listen to Night Cream right now. They'll change your life. They are phenomenal, and I adore them. And they will be closing, and then after, we'll be a party. We will be drinking. And it will be loose. I might even get us some food. And it's all part of the New York Comedy Festival. Your boy is all grown up. Having to sneak into those parties before many years in a row. We used to run a ruse to get in there. And now look at this shit. 
They haven't had a party in years, and it is for this silly little record. Love to see you guys there at the show. It's going to be fun. There might be special guests we're, to, we're seeing. Who knows? Wink, wink. And if not, the party's going to be great, and it's going to be lit, and it's going to be drinking and emotional because I am old softy. Boo-hoo-hoo, hee-hee, ha-ha. So check that shit out. I'm very proud of all this. I'm very proud of you to listen. I'm proud of you spreading the word. We had a great bounce back week with people still listening. And I thank you. And I'm sorry I made you wait. Mad love to JSS1 for this wonderful artwork. JSS1 also will probably be at the party. He did the artwork for the album, The Check Spot, and it's fucking pure fire. Please support all the other shows in the network. Support Silk City Hot Sauce. Support all our sponsors. And please take care of yourselves. Do whatever you can. If you're feeling depressed, please call someone and talk to someone. Go hang out with your friends. Go to a diner. If you're broke, just be blunt. Hey, man, I need to see you. Can you buy me a cup of coffee? I'm not doing great. Go do something that'll get you out of your system. Don't just keep going to the same mics and shit. Do something to get yourself out of the funk. Creatively and just for your soul as a human being, you owe it to yourself. I'm going to go to the goddamn gym because later I'm going to see North by Northwest and eat a large fucking bag of buttery ass popcorn because that's how I'm going to keep this shit rolling, babies. Go get them, tigers. Hark now and go preach the gospel. Next week, kids. Next week. The World is Wrong is an extremely positive podcast where Andras Jones and Brian Connolly champion films The World is Wrong About. Available on Paperhouse Network wherever you get your podcasts.